Hey, before we get too far into this podcast, live show in Dallas uh, next Friday night. Uh, tickets for sale on RacerX as well as uh, PulpMX.com. So we'll see you there. Look Theater, Friday night, Dallas, 7 to 9, I think it is. Um, please check it out. Thanks for coming and watching us. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably argue about something or another. Also, uh, before we get into the review show, thank you to Race Tech. Pulp 22 is a code to save with Race Tech. Get suspension work done. Get your motor work done. Zombie blows to solitaire guys. They rely on Race Tech. Race Tech has been there for privateers and factory riders alike for, I don't know, like 40 years or something. Pulp 22 is a code to save. Look after your suspension. Look after your motor. It'll look after you. It'll treat you better. Racetech.com. They've got everything you need. Thanks to those guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Use the code. Use Racetech. Thank you. MX Network Production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Anaheim 3 Review. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it, people. I'm Mathis, of course. JT and Weege will be joining us shortly. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to Anaheim 3. But first, Fly Racing, man. Go uh, check out the latest and greatest from those guys on flyracing.com. When you look at Justin Brayton looking pretty good out there, you look at, uh, oh, I like Swole's stuff from A3 as well. Jalik Swole looked really good on the uh, uh, Fly Racing stuff. So, yeah, check out Fly Racing. It's uh, winter time in some spots, and uh, they have great winter stuff. So please check out those guys as well. Also, thanks to uh, Fly Racing for making uh, a lot of the shows happen across the network. They're a big part of everything we do on the uh, podcast network and we thank those guys fly racing fly com. the formula helmet is amazing it will change your life yeah i said that uh so thanks to those guys for coming on board thank you of course to the folks at renthal uh when more championships and all the other brands combined you look at monster energy kawasaki you look at honda you look at red bull ktm they use renthal chain wheels uh, aka sprockets handlebars seven eights Fat Bar, Fat Bar 36, and the old trusty twin wall. Renthal.com for more information. They will dial you in with bars and sprockets and grips and chains. Uh, the guys are really proud of their chains at Renthal. And uh, if you're listening to this and you race motocross or ride dirt bikes, you've probably used something from Renthal over the years, and that's a that's an understatement, I would say. So Renthal.com. Thank you, folks, to Maxxis Tires as well, SGB Maxxis Tires team or the SGB Maxxis Honda team with Cade Clayson putting it back in the main event this week at Anaheim 3 with those Maxxis tires. MXSTs are developed by some guy named Jeremy McGrath. He pretty good. And uh, yeah, thank you to uh, Maxxis tires for coming on board. Light truck tires, trailer tires, great mountain bike tires. I use Dominions as well. Uh, Maxxis.com for more information on that. Uh, Cobalinks and Motorsport.com on X Maps. We'll talk to you later about, but 
first, let's get into everything that happened at Anaheim 3 and uh, how it reflects on the series and more. So thank you for listening, and away we go. So now, as I promised, uh, I'll bring in the uh, the two Jasons to talk about Anaheim 3 and everything that happened there. And uh, maybe, I mean, maybe one of the Jasons can explain why um, he found time to do his own personal podcast about Anaheim 3, but couldn't find time to do this uh, Fly Racing uh, Racer X Review pod. But first up, before we get into that, he's the voice of uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. He's the voice of anything that you're paying, he will say, he'll be saying. It's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah. I am for hire. Yeah, that is true. If anyone has a gig, hit me up. What what's the uh what's the lowest you'll go announcing? What will you announce for? Rate or event? Event. I don't think there's any limit there. <laughs> okay. There's any limit there. All right, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Fair enough. I mean you did do a hot dog eating contest at one time. That's right. Goggle building contest. Yeah. You've done it all. Yeah, you've done it all. Also on the line, uh Fly Racing Zone, uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Uh, speaking of podcasts, if you wanted to do it Sunday morning uh, it, at 7 a.m. California time, I, no problem, because that's when I did my show. If, if uh, you guys would have wanted to do it then, I was more than ready. No problem. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I was not ready, but I guess the Super Bowl was more important. So, uh, well, I, As I explained to you yesterday, uh, I did have to fly yesterday. Um, and then, yeah, I, I did want to watch the Super Bowl. So if you want to blame the Super Bowl for not recording it yesterday, then that's okay. All right, well, we can blame the Super Bowl. Um, by the way, JT, I owe you some uh, some money for some bets that you made, so I'll be uh, putting those in PayPal shortly. So congrats, Thank you. congratulations to the uh, L.A. Rams, by the way, for the uh, for the Super Bowl. And, it was uh, a good game, right? Oh, I didn't think it was that good, to be honest. Really? I don't know. It seemed like both teams were struggling a little bit. but Oh, wow. I thought it was really good. Came down to the very end, like last yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part it was okay. But uh, even yeah, that it wasn't was... well played, but it was dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Poor Anton, you know, St. Louis Rams. Oh. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're uh, full steam ahead. I don't think they're in regrets in that decision. No, yeah. St. Louis wasn't working for them, as well as SoFi Stadium. It looks as if they made the right call. Uh, My wife is a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and she just stopped watching toward the end, even when they still had the lead, just knowing the inevitable the team that is down in the fourth quarter will score a touchdown for sure. Yeah. This is going to happen. You can do nothing about it. And, and uh, it all unfurled from there. I really thought we were going to OT. When he when when they got to the 50, I'm like, ah, oh, 15 more yards. They got oh, this. Oh, totally. Yeah, and we're going to OT. And so. it got mega kicker. Right. Mega yeah. kicker out. He was uh, apparently inspired by the halftime show. Yeah, watching that. the halftime. I love it. I mean, he was. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a gator, by the way. He's, he's my gator. He's my favorite. He's, uh, he's my favorite yeah, kicker. Gator. He's my favorite kicker in the league. 100%. Oh, you're a Gator fan. I like that. Yeah, comes out to uh, <laughs> comes out to watch uh, the halftime show. That's great. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Jason Anderson, second win of the year, um, and again, like you know, he's been he, he got the one win, and we've talked about the points that he's thrown away uh, at times. And this one was a great race. Grabbed the whole shot. Tomac uh, got by him briefly uh, and followed him the rest of the way, and they were gone. These two guys were were checked out. Uh, Jason Anderson is now uh, 12 points behind uh, Eli Tomac. Uh, Sexton is third, and I guess I'll start with you, Weege. Uh, yeah, another great race for Jason Anderson, and um, yeah, we're starting to see. We're six rounds in, and we're starting to see it. We're starting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, let's tackle both those topics there. Uh, first, the yeah, six rounds in, it's starting to happen. I, I called it reverse playoffs in a video I did after Glendale, where it's it, – Supercross is the opposite of these stick and ball sports where the 
at the end of the year you have a tournament and then you narrow it down to the two best and then eventually a champ. Supercross is the opposite. The first five weeks, maybe six, you're taking 12 uh, guys could win, eight, it's six, it's four. You know, I think we had Sexton in this group with Anderson and Eli, and now maybe it's just two uh, after six rounds. And, uh, you know, we'll get into why everyone else isn't in that group. But, yeah, it's definitely happening. They're definitely separating themselves. A, the Anderson thing, I got to say, this has to be one of the best rides he's ever had. I mean, how many times has he just beaten Eli Tomac? He, he got passed. He passed him back. He held him off. That has to be one of the best rides Jason Anderson has ever had. And he and Tomac have battled forever. He knows this, I'm sure, too. Beating Eli straight up is not something you just chalk up to. I clicked off another win. It's huge. Yeah, JT, count me as in the group of, like, I think Tomac will get him. You know, I think Tomac has got this. Yeah, I mean, he... he uh, um, this, and, and we've been saying this for a couple of weeks. He, with a lead early in the series, has to be considered the most dangerous and even though he wasn't able to win this one i man i think he's doing it the right way right he's allowing these races to come to him if he feels like he can win great if he doesn't that's okay too because he knows he's going to be around the whole way and i i'm curious you know in his heart of hearts how he views jason anderson like as the series grows long because certainly he sees the mistakes that jason's made and he's probably like, that's okay. Like, if, if he's going to win tonight, that's okay. I'll take second because in Dallas or in Daytona or in Detroit or somewhere, he's going to make a big mistake that's going to give me a big gap. And then I'm just going to continue to be here week in and week out. That, that's how I think he is kind of viewing Anderson at this point anyway. Yeah, tough track. Fun track, I thought. But whoops, were gnarly. Um, I talked to a couple of riders that told me it was a really fun track until you came up to the whoops. Um, and Anderson wasn't getting them very good at times, and Eli was pretty, I would say, start to finish, like first practice to final lap of the main event, Eli was the most steady, best guy through the whoops. Uh, there were certainly at times faster guys than him, but nobody that could string it together. Maybe Christian Craig was the best out of everybody, but uh, in the 450s anyways. Um, I thought, JT, that's where Tomac was going to strike. I thought, look at Jason, he can't get these things down. Uh, and, and Eli, again, was was just steady through them. I really thought that the whoops were going to play a factor in Eli getting them, but props to Jason for figuring it out. He was moving around everywhere. See, I thought it was a little bit of a yo-yo because every time, you know, Anderson would make a mistake and I kind of felt the same way, then Eli would make a big mistake too. And Eli would have to cut. He, there was there were a few times where Eli came to a complete stop. Yeah, I mean, he came to a full stop and had to roll out or double out or whatever. So to me, it was just kind of back and forth. One guy would hit them right. The next guy would hit them right. And then one guy would make a mistake. And it was just this, you know, never ending yo-yo effect that where if somebody could have strung together a, like five laps in a row, hitting them perfectly, they would either, either Tomac would have made the pass or Anderson would have gapped them, but it wasn't, they just could not find any consistency in them. I know Eli made a couple. I thought still he was better in the whoops than Jason. Yeah. I, mean, I think Jason was looser. Like Jason was willing to take more risks, but you know, where I was sitting, I was in section 124, and it was, like, right in front of me, um, which was convenient. So every time I was like, it, you know, if the pass is going to happen, this is where it's going to be. Like, I, the Hunter Lawrence crash in the 250 was literally right in front of me. So as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the moment. Everything else is pretty consistent. They seem to be the same speed. And it was – they were all over the place. I mean, every single lap, it was like either Anderson was sideways coming out of him or Tomac was checking up. You know, Tomac didn't have any as many close moments. No. 
where, where Tomac would kind of back out of it, where Anderson was just staying in it. The time savings were probably the same. I think Tomac is just much more risk averse than than Anderson is. Yeah, I think they're like I said, I think they're faster guys through him, but he was just like, hey, I'm going to hit him at this speed, and I'm going to do this, you know, most of the main event. Uh, and and so. I think for I think for Tomac, he was just, I'm not going to crash no matter what. Right. If right. I have to slow down and come to it, like double out of him or stop or whatever, I'm doing that where Anderson was like, I'm not backing out of this thing, no matter what. I'm staying in it. Right. Yeah. Certainly that was a, a big part. I like the track though. Track was fun. Yeah, so looked good. while we're while we're talking about the whoops, I have a question because this was a, a question that came up um a few times. People ask me about it. I've gotten a few emails about it, social media questions. I think that like I know the riders were complaining a lot uh, before the main events in the afternoon. They were complaining about the whoops they are too hard. They're too dangerous. You can't go through them for me. I think it's supposed to be hard. And if you have to slow down in them and you have to find a rhythm through them, you have to blitz them and, and then start jump, whatever that takes. Okay. That's a part of racing. Like it's not supposed to be everybody gets on top and blitzes with no problem. Every single lap. I don't think that's what, this level of racing should entail. I think it's supposed to be the most difficult and the most challenging level of racing we have. So if you're going to have whoops that challenge these guys, guess what? You have brakes and you have a throttle to back off of. So I struggle with that take because I know, I know for a fact guys were complaining and saying that they're not safe and this and that. Well, guess what? You can slow down. You don't have to hit them third or fourth gear wide open right there there is the other side of that and i trust me i face that every single weekend if i would have just hit whoops blindly every single weekend with my skill set i would have crashed my brains out and i knew that so i had to adjust to what my limit was and i think that's the same thing for these guys like if you're at the limit guess what slow down a little bit right so i don't know where you guys come down on that. i just wanted to touch on it because it was a, it was a big theme this weekend it's been a theme all year. Uh, this was maybe the most extreme set, but there has to have been some decision made. I mean, this is, are we six for six? I mean, the Glendale whoops weren't gnarly, but they weren't easy. So this has to have been a decision, right? We're six rounds in every race. Whoops been tough. Has to be. So uh, I think it's a topic every week, JT. And I, I've not heard your take before. It's usually like this. If the whoops are too easy, they say there's nothing to give the elite riders separation and it makes for boring racing, build better whoops. And then one dude crashes in a hard section of whoops and they're like, they're so dumb. They're eliminating the superstars of the sport, you morons. So you're saying it doesn't necessarily have to be dangerous just because they're tough. Well, just because they're tough doesn't mean that guys shouldn't be, shouldn't carry some level of responsibility. Like you are in control just because they're tough doesn't mean you should go in with reckless abandon. You have to approach every section and all these rhythm sections and whoops and everything with, you know, of course you want to go as fast as possible, but if you can't sustain that, if you're going to crash doing that, then you better adjust. Like that's, that's a part of it, right? You're just because a rhythm section gets super ruddy this weekend in Minneapolis. Okay. Well, you better make sure that you figure out a way to get through them. You better figure out a way to, have an alternate line if your you know primary line goes away it's no different than that so i just struggle with every time things get challenging let's just make it easier like i just don't like that not at this level you know if it's futures okay i get it if it's a local race and you're you know these guys have to go to work on monday i get it not at this level what about the difference though okay we're seeing anderson and tomac who are world-class struggled to a degree but it was never like full-on danger zone but the 250 main was 
as everyone was joking about, it was like a, there was a riders meeting down there. Was like so many dudes were down. So what about that I, discrepancy? I, I actually, we almost lost like half the guys. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Like yep. that's on them. Like slow down, you know? And, and I, I think even for a guy like Hunter Lawrence, who was trying to go for it and he's trying to catch Christian Craig and trying to go with Christian Craig in the whoops. And he was doing it for a long time. And I commend him for willing, being willing to go for it like he was. But you also have assumed risk, you know, like no one else is doing it like Christian Craig for a reason because they can't. And Hunter Lawrence ended up crashing doing it. So to me, like these 250 guys are professionals, you know, slow down a little bit, pick a different line, pick a different rhythm, you know, go like do like Marvin started doing and start tripling and tripling through them. Like there are different ways to do it. You can't just quick up a gear and hope that everything's going to go well. Like that's not how a professional has to approach a race in a series. Yeah. But on the flip side, JT, when you talk about Hunter Lawrence and these other guys, like Hunter isn't, you know, he, when he cracked, he went, entered that section at a safe speed and what, you know, he was doing pretty well through them. So I wouldn't put him in the category of like, oh, I'm just going to pin it. Like he's a very no, but, talented but, guy, and you know he, sure. he goes down in the whoops. Yeah, but I also think he was he was pushing his own limit in the whoops because he felt like there was an opportunity to be Christian. I, I think that's fair to say because we all know what Christian's strength is, and we all know that Hunter has just been a touch off in the whoops from what Christian can do. That's not criticism. That's just fair. So I think Hunter was pushing his limit to go with Christian, and it bit him. Do I blame him? Absolutely not. I think he was trying oh. to win. Good for him. But I think to blame the track, like it's supposed to be hard, man. Like, and I won't back off of that. Like I, we go back and look at the tracks we raced in the nineties, how ruddy they were and just destroyed. They were like, that's, that's part of racing. We, did you listen to my post-race pods? No, I actually didn't okay. this week. I lot, actually do. A lot Sorry. of whoop talk from riders, a lot oh, yeah. of whoop talk from riders. And, and I don't, Shockingly, I don't totally agree with JT. I come, but I don't disagree either. Like, I, uh, I think. Well, first of all, Mike Mewy and Dave Prater, 100, percent are getting phone calls from team managers today about these whoops. 100, percent like, what are you doing? We're trying to make these guys last the whole series. They're stars of the series, and et cetera, et cetera. So, I guarantee you, team managers aren't thinking like JTR. Uh, I, I and that's fine. Yeah. I don't. yeah. Yeah. I don't care really either. Like that's okay, right. but at the same time, riders are in control of their own actions. Like Yes, to but blame I think when you look at the number of guys that went down in these things that there's a case to be made, you know, that they were too tough. There's a case to be I, made I, there. I just don't buy that. Okay. I don't I don't like I don't like dumbing down the sport for that reason. I don't like it. They're Guys can slow down. You're uh, not- listen, I'm, I'm the guy that was yelling about right. Chexton jumping that quad last week. I think that stuff is so awesome. You know, when, when but they, no one, you know, no one is going around. No one's going up and down the starting line going, you guys have to blitz. If you don't blitz, we're pulling you off. We're black flagging you for if you don't blitz fast enough. Right. That's a part of racing. Like all of that stuff, knowing when to back it down a little bit, knowing when you have to choose a different line, knowing where the limit is. To me, in my opinion, but is a skill. Okay. That's a skill. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, obviously, lots of riders didn't have that skill this weekend in these whoops. Um, but that's on them. But though. but you know, at what point does the does the uh, the glass uh, of sand flip and be like, well, wait a minute, you know? But we don't have alligators out you know, there. Like, We're not like they're not jumping through flaming hoops, right? They're just really okay. difficult whoops. Well, right? wh- where were you 
you know, I think you sided with, I think you were on the fence or you were on the same side as Weege and I. The Daytona, whoops, there. That they, that they, you know, they made too tough. No, no, no. For me, for me, the difference there was that there was no warning. They didn't go tell everybody, hey, we changed these whoops dramatically. That was, I don't care how difficult they are, but you can't just, there's no siding lap and you can't just have no warning that we've, we fundamentally changed the whoops. That's the problem for right. me. I don't care how difficult they are. You can't, just can't surprise everybody. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm on your side for sure. Generally, like mostly, but I, dude, I don't know. At some point I, I mean, it looked like a damn riders meeting by the, by the announcer's tower there. It, it was but, factory but, riders right. and, and factory and I, bikes. Listen, and, you know, I get it. I don't, I don't want to see people get hurt. But at some point, riders have to take some responsibility too. Yes. You know? Yes. Like if yeah, you know no. they're that sketchy, yeah. and you know you're about to crash, like maybe back out of it a little right. bit. Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah. I think you're. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're. You know. I just. I don't know, man. I, I walked around and I talked to a lot of guys, and they were like, "Come on, man. Like good right. dudes. And, you know. Like, right. and like I don't want to see people get hurt at all. Like, trust me, I don't. I've right. been hurt. It sucks. But I. I just think there's this theme going on out there where. If things are really tough, let's make it easier. I'm not. I'm not here for that. Like, I just don't think that's the right way to go. Not at this level. At, at other levels, sure. At a club level, sure. You know, there are places for that conversation. But if you're going to have factory level 450 riders saying that it's too hard, I I just don't have patience for that. You know, like I know how good those guys are. I've seen the best now and before and whatever. They have to know too. There were times when they had to. They had to slow down a little bit because the track demanded that you did. I just think that's a part of racing. That's a part of the dynamic of racing is mm -hmm. being conscious enough to understand right. that. Well, like I said, I guarantee you some phone calls are being made. Agree. <laughs> I, sure. I yeah. understand and agree. I'm sure there are. It right. just doesn't mean I agree with the narrative. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Anderson and Tomac, one, two. Good job for both of those guys. Tomac's fourth podium in a row and. I had somebody tell me he was better than ever. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Maybe. I'm not quite there. 17's hard to argue yeah. against, man. Yeah, 17, he, was... he was. I think if you want to say the overall package of mentally, well, maybe. Let's wait maybe. for 17 to decide that. But yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, and that's where I'll say maybe. But, like, man, his form in 2017, yeah. like that Salt Lake race, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody decimate a field the way he did that night. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Sexton, uh, sorry, uh, Barsha third gets back on the podium. Actually, you know, I'd look at, I, I thought he was pretty far back, but he's only nine back, nine seconds. Seemed like more. I don't know. Uh, maybe there was a bunch of time made up on this last lap. I didn't go back to individual laps, but to me, the top two guys were gone. And like, you know what I mean? And Malcolm, uh, uh Malcolm and Marvin and Barsha were in that next group. Marvin, Marvin probably should have got on the box. He ran into a lapper in the sand, a gentleman who shall go nameless, but. Is number seventy-eight. Um, Marv was hanging. I, Marv was hanging with him for Marv a decent was, amount of yes. time. Yes, Marv was good. Marv was good yes. all day. Weege. He uh, was sneaking up on those guys. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He really was. He, he was, uh, was going to do anything seconds. with them. Yeah. I think the whoops would have ended up being his downfall as far as beating them, but he was putting in a charge there for a bit. And he was skimming most of the main and then jumping. And his jump was he had a quad in the jump uh, at some point. Um, he was good. Yeah, obviously, we know he can jump whoops, right? We've talked about yep. that a lot. Uh, he told me after the race that DV told him that still still no good jumping whoops, though. Still no good. So It's still not, to me, you know, it's still slower. Of it's course. not going to be the way to win, 
but I see, and that's where I give Marv kudos is that he realized that him skimming wasn't going to be a winning recipe for him. So figure it out, man. I got to figure something else out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's where I come down on that prior conversation is like, that's part of it. Like, he would, you have to be able to be self-aware in the moment. It's funny. Cause guys would go into there and slow down and do three in. Right. And it was like a pop up into the three and Marv being Marv, he just wouldn't get as much height as the other guys and still do the three. Do you know what I mean? Like he was even a better jumper. Then, yeah, then that's just guys. experience. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just... it's experience. He's done it so much in so many different situations, and I don't like to bring myself into this, but in this arena, this was me too because I couldn't blitz well enough. I had to resort to jumping, and you just get better at it. You know how to do it. You can mm-hmm. assess it better. You you just see it more clearly than these other guys that are primary blitzers. I think Marv ends up on the box if he doesn't hit Kate. I think so too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so too. So, so you guys got to watch him like every lap. So he never skimmed. Oh no, he did. Marv? No, he skimmed for a long time, and That's he was, what I thought. He, and I he was good. He no, sometimes. and he was good. Um, yeah, yep. So okay, you know, it's funny if you folks go back and watch the highlights. He's literally skimming on the first lap, like right off the start. It mm-hmm. is hilarious to see nineteen guys skimming moves and him jumping. But I think that was just because he used that inside kind of like Freezy did. Like he didn't. Yep. He was trying to make passes going in. So the, a lot of the main, he was skimming, right? Yes, yes. Okay, um, all right. And uh, I yep. thought he was pretty good. Uh, Barsha third, yeah. though. Good job for, for Bam to get back in the box. And Malcolm fourth. And Malcolm's only been on the top five one time, I think, all year. So Mookie's been good. The I thought, JT, I thought Mookie looked – we've talked about his whoop speed. Um, I thought he looked really good. I still don't think it's heat race Mookie, but nope. I thought he looked better. Um, better. Anyways. Yeah, he's um I think he's like two percent slower than Heat Race Mookie, but you mm-hmm. know, as we've talked about on this show yeah. a few times, I think that is what's allowing him to be seventeen race Mookie also. Um, you know, if he's ever able to maybe be one percent slower and then seventeen race Mookie, I think that guy can win. Uh so I don't know how you get there. I'm sure they're working on that. But that to me, that filling that gap. Mm-hmm where he's got that explosive speed, but it's also not too much, like too far, where he's going to end up crashing. It's just a matter of when. That's the that's the key for him to kind of unlock consistent podiums and maybe a win. I think there's a bit of a narrative building, and we'll get to Coop. There's a bit of a narrative building about this new bike. But, you know, uh, Marvin and Malcolm are on it and looking good and fourth and fifth and probably mm-hmm. should have had a third and fourth, let's say, or a third and a fifth or whatever, you know. Um so there's a bit of a narrative out there building it's on this really bike. It's really tough. And, yeah, uh, I, and I, I agree with you. Go ahead. Oh, we lost JT. It's it's oh. no, sorry. It's it's really hard for for Webb and Plessinger to make their case when you have Mookie doing so well. It makes it makes it really difficult, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Weej, you're not going to believe. Make things more complicated, as we'll probably get into then. Weej, uh, you're not going to believe this, Weej, but Dylan looked really good, qualified well. Mm-hmm. Um, Got a bad start, um, crashing the first turn, uh, then got a bad start, uh, had to go to the LCQ, got a bad start in the main event, worked his way up all the way to fifth. Marvin got him uh, back, um, and he was really good, but he just, it's the starts, Weege. Yeah, it is the starts. Um, it's always been the starts, um, and I feel like uh, this is even more of a missed opportunity for him because one of Dylan's strengths has always been whoops, and you don't always get tracks where that really allows you to take full advantage, but he has had those types of tracks, and, I mean, he's taking advantage somewhat, but, you know, 14th to 5th 
you know, seventh to first would probably be what he would prefer to use yeah. the whoops for. Yeah. Um, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because I just did an interview with uh, Jeremy Coker, who's the team manager there, their 450 team, about how they really – they basically went to Eli and said, like, you've never been a good starter, and this is – you know, we are not going to accept this. We have to fix this problem. Uh, and they're trying to do the same thing with uh, Dylan, but so far it's not there. Uh, and what they think part of it is with Eli is, like, he had two or three races of a good start, and he's like, yeah, this is a lot better. I don't ever want to be back there again. Uh, but Dylan has not experienced yeah. this yet. I, I mean, when you look at Dylan overall, he had to go to the LCQ um, from that crash. So LCQ win to sixth is a good job, you know, with oh, a yeah. bad gate pick. Yep. But, man, you're just like, look at it. Like, he's just ripping through dudes, just just going right around and dropping good guys. But it's funny, I heard there were days, and I don't doubt this at all, that when he and Tomac rode together in the offseason, that he could beat Tomac at yeah, times. And right. we all know that that varies. You know, Alden Baker always said that about his guys, and people are like, oh, that, that can't be that all four guys are the fastest on different days. That is the way it works. But if you're Ferrandis and you're like, riding-wise, speed-wise, I know I can compete with Eli. But look at where they are in points. Yeah. And it's literally just the starts. Yeah, he's almost he's over 40 points down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, three Se- points to a guy he knows he can race with. Sexton was just Sexton seventh, just just okay. I talked to him after the race, and yeah, he said they still got work to do on their bike and the whoops. So I sense a still a little of, uh, unease wow. over there at uh, Ride Red um, with the bike. So um, seventh for Chase Sexton. Do you think it's? Do you think it's uh, just? You think it's Sexton too, like Sexton? Because we I, we'll get into Kenny, but. Clearly something's up there, but you think Sexton is still struggling mightily too because it he's had so many good weekends. It's hard to kind of buy the. I wouldn't say I was str- struggling mightily is too way too much. Yes. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. I I get the not, sense not entirely satisfied yet. Yes. Uh, not entirely okay. satisfied. Yeah. Kind of like me at like a nice Italian restaurant. You know. <laughs> not You're just longing for Olive Garden. Just no. Just you know, you pay those kind of prices for a high end Italian place, and you leave, and you're like, eh. Not entirely satisfied. So <laughs> that that's what I feel. I can tell you. Oh yeah, I know for sure. We for you. <laughs> never felt like I fully got my money's worth. No, anything. No, never. Uh, uh, Cooper Webb eighth. JT, last week you like I gotta see it. He's got two more races. Oh, well, and I I've been consistent. I said Minneapolis. If uh, and, and I have started to thirty one uh, points down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the points are a catastrophe. Um, but if I don't see market improvement at Minneapolis where it's going to be cold as hell, we know the dirt's going to be softer, the traction will be different, I'm assuming that the whoops will break down more, and we'll see. But that's typically what happens. That's the normal dynamic. If we don't see a different Cooper Webb that wants to be at the front, is able to stay at the front, then I think we're kind of done. That doesn't mean he can't have a pod- you know, a bunch of podiums down the stretch. I'm talking championship, right? Because I firmly believe that anything less than a championship for Red Bull KTM is going to be considered failure. That that's maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's wrong, but that's how I view it right now. And if he doesn't turn it around and at least get on the podium at Minneapolis, then I think the championship conversation has to be shelved for now. The pro Alden Baker people, Weege, they are uh, they're popping bottles right now. Well, that's why I said this is going to get complicated when we get to Webb because, you know, it was one thing when, and I believe that all the complaints about this new bike uh, have been fairly consistent with everyone that's ridden it, everyone that's tested it, everything they've tried. 
Uh, all the riders are saying the same thing. So that's a huge bailout, as in you don't need to even look at the Eldon thing because it's the motorcycle right now. And the guys that are riding with Eldon and the guys that aren't agree. But if Marv and Mookie are going to start riding better, which they have been, uh, that's going to get tougher. Let's not forget, Marv almost cut a podium in Glendale. Also, he was in Hunt Fort. Yep. So, yeah, we know where KTM stands. They prefer the Alden Baker program. So how many weeks? Do they give before they say, "Hey, about the bike? What about this well, other thing?" And that well, we said this was the risk. We said this was the risk yes. all along, going back yes. to December, you know, or or, or earlier that yes. it doesn't have to be the change in program, but you're setting yourself up for everybody to say it is, especially when your bosses disagreed. Right. With that, that's the whole thing, right? That's yes. the most critical because you can you can just you know. Plug your ears and stay off social media, and who cares? But when it's right. your bosses, you can't. Yes. Well, yeah, and I know sometimes we talk about this stuff, and fans say, "Ah, the media—they're rabble rousers. They're they're stirring things up." Trust me, teams overreact way faster than we do. So there's no way, as I always say, they're high fiving each other back of the truck, saying, "That's eighth. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get him." Well, what's more, no what's more alarming to me is how many how he's just been getting passed. He's just been yep. getting passed and dropped by guys. No, he's like, just not fast enough. He's just uh, not. Uh, he's not fast enough in qualifying. He's not fast enough in the qualifiers. Yeah. He's not fast enough in it's, the main event. It's not Straight a. Up. It's not a bad start, and he gets sixth, no. and he rode really good. It's it's like he's getting like Ferrandez. See you later. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yep. And, and last week, seven passes and seven passes in three three uh, main events last week. Uh, you know that people got by him, and just that's. That's tough to see. Now I talked to somebody that was somebody's closer to the situation, and they told me that someone at KTM, like someone important, was like, "It's fifty percent bike and fifty percent coupe," which I was happy to hear that. Actually, a little bit, I was actually happy to hear. I, that. I can buy that too. I, I but I think uh, you know we, we know these things are so intertwined. You know the the bike can cause riders to ride worse right. because they're they're mentally beaten. You know what I mean? Like, because right. I don't think right now, I don't think that Webb is going into the weekend going, man, I'm going to win. No, I don't. Hell no. I don't think he is. Right. And normally he always is that guy. You would, that would be reflected in qualifying times where he, he's on a he's heater. He's not even he in the top good. 10 a lot of no, times. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he really felt like, you know, like I can win and I love my bike and, and I'm on it, mm-hmm. then his one lap heaters would be way closer to the front. Well, and you know who, you know, speaking of that, that feeling and that look, you know who is that guy right now, and, and I don't think it's getting enough kind of publicity. Is Barsha? Barsha looks like he wants to win races every qualifying practice, every time he's on the racetrack, even on the damn parade lap for the but main event. He was out front. I feel like that's just Barsha, though. I don't feel like that's a that's something different. He's all I don't know, man. He yeah. looks feisty right now. Like he's uh, just revving everywhere. Like he looks really yeah. aggressive, and like I don't see any lack of confidence. Like I think Barsha's lining up. I guess my point is, I, when Barsha lines up, I think he feels like I'm going to win, whether he does or not, whatever. Right. But I, I just don't see that in Cooper right now. Uh, he was what forty seconds back at the end, Cooper. That's yeah. that's the real. Yeah. yeah, it's really. You know what it looks like? It looks like the motos at the beginning of outdoors last year. Start second or third, and they are just like, dude, get out of the way. Uh yeah, so eighth place for Cooper Webb, ninth for AP. Um, still not not good for AP. AP's like the only saving grace for Cooper. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like, it, Coop's, it, yeah. Coop's like, hey man, I'm, be- for, I'm beating that guy. <laughs> right, if it weren't for Marvin and uh, Mookie. and Mookie, he would be like, see, see, 
you yeah. know, but unfortunately it's not. Right, right. Um, Justin Brayton leading a heat week. Oh, congratulations. We were looking good. Perfect 10. And more importantly, we finished it off at the main for once. We didn't have a last lap disaster. Qualified 10th, finished 10th, uh, led a heat race. A, a good night for Justin Brayton and his supporters. Held off the great Ken Roxon. Roxon couldn't couldn't reel us in late. Uh, yep. There's nothing you can do sometimes. When it's a great JB in front of you, there's just nothing you can do. So we're I, back to autopilot. I, I was a little worried. The quad at Glendale is yeah. We're back to autopilot. We're back to autopilot. I said to JB, I'm like, ah, surprise you just – the 94 just didn't get by you there late. And he goes, no, 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 that's only championship stuff. <laughs> so he was laughing about it. Um, yeah, but, I don't think that one point is going to really help Kenny. Nah, I, don't, title uh, this year. I don't think <laughs> the one point is going to do it. So can we talk about Kenny now? <laughs> yes, we are ready. Okay, we are ready. I don't have any. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so you don't want to. You <laughs> can't talk about Your statement is you don't know what to say. Right. I don't know. <laughs> What to say? I just want to uh, say it. Anaheim won, where Roxon won, and Coop got second. Was a long time ago. It feels like five years ago. God, <laughs> God it's so, crazy. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, th- this is bizarre, uh, and and you know, um, some people said he had issues, you know, getting uh, with incons- with consistency during the course of a series. Um, oh. Gosh. And maybe you know that person was a little bit of a. So this is this is your same argument as last year. Maybe he led the points for most of the season. He's a little bit of a. This sooth- is like your same thing. Maybe he's a soothsayer. That guy. He just he's like a you know like a fortune teller. If if this had been last year, and you had said this going into last he, year, you would I would be like, man, Steve nailed it. But last year, last year turned it on your head. Like you have, you just can't. You can't. Um, he was there all year last year. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And, you know, his contract's up with Honda. I had somebody that's on the inside tell me that both sides need a change, and they think that Kenny will be gone at the end of the year. Um, with the Red Bull deal, he's only got, really, KTM spot to go to. Um, so maybe he goes back there. But, yeah, man, this might be – is, be... is there any chance he walks away? Because I think there is. Uh, I've been told no. Okay. No. Nope. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Oh. I, I said that too. I said that a couple of weeks ago too. Like maybe this is it, right? Um, and I've been told no. So I like look. The bike's the same as last year. Like you can't say, oh, like I, I get Kenny's probably not stoked on his bike. Like I believe that, and I believe Chase isn't stoked on his bike. And Kenny did crash in the whoops uh, at Oakland, and and all of that. And we had tough whoops, and and I get all that, but. This isn't a radically different bike. You can't just tell me that the, they're so far off in the bike that Kenny's not feeling the bike. I just he's he is notoriously uh, sensitive to bike changes. I understand that, but th- this is just eleventh. This isn't a fifth. This is an eleventh. So I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, it's well. I mean, he yeah, started he did, last, but yeah, he started last. But I, I mean, you guys can explain that to people. You were watching him ride in the main. It no, wasn't it, 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 Ken Roxon level. Yeah, yeah. I don't care where he starts. It's still. He, you know, he wasn't yeah. really catching dudes, so. Well, he's not going to catch Brayton, but there's probably others. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Yes, um, Yes, yeah, one of the craziest things, and man, for to be this far, uh, like, I think the difference, and I said this last week, right, is that you kind of think, like, okay, Cooper Webb will eventually figure it out. Whatever the heck it is, like, Cooper Webb, we're not saying, like, maybe he's just done. But with Roxon, it's like, oh, man, it started to go south in the second race of a 29-race season like yeah how, how do you deal with this if you 
end up having 28 bad races in a row. Like a guy like him, like that level, like I feel like they just don't accept that. They don't live for that. That's where I'm coming down. That's where I'm coming down saying I think he could just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. 13th in qualifying, you know, which again, he never worry about his qualifying times, but the 13th. Yeah. Worry about that. Um, But did you you watch the whoops? And I know Steve, you know, we talked about this on the, you know, fly racing radio, which is, it's really the Pulp MX show in the pits, but that's right. We, we talked about this on Saturday afternoon. Kenny was going around the whoops in practice. We're talking about one of the best riders we've ever seen. And one of the most proficient whoops riders I've ever seen a guy that dominated the first round of the series while blitzing some very, very nasty whoops where everybody else started jumping. He was going around them, Leach. Like, what the wanted heck? no part of them. I'm out. I'm just going to go around them. And that ended up being a terrible qualifying time. Like, it was so bad that he didn't even hit them once good to get a great time. Like, it, I, I've never seen anything like this. Like, there's some sort of mental block going on. That, that's where I'm at. Like, it's, it's not physical. It's not the bike. We already, he won the opening race by 10 seconds, right? So I'm not, I'm not buying it's the bike. To me, he has lost complete confidence in himself and the motorcycle, mostly the motorcycle, which then leads to yourself. And that's the problem. Right. Like, I don't think he believes that he can do it for 21 minutes without crashing. And I think that's forcing him to back out of it a lot of times. Yeah. I, 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 I just form a consortium of getting these whoops cut who, down. Yeah. Who, uh, who are we more worried for? Right now. Well, I think I think Roxon's out of the title. Like that's done. So you can right, if, right. if you want me to go on record saying he's out of the title chase, I'm there. I think um, I think Coop's out of the title chase too. Yeah, and I'm not quite there. I mean it's really bleak. I mean really bleak. And if he does poorly at Minneapolis, I will be completely out. But I'm already there for Kenny and I'm awfully close for Cooper. That's yeah, bizarre, Weege. It's just bizarre to see these two guys that we we spend so much oxygen talking about and how great they are and yeah, you know they were the best two guys last year. They were the best two guys. Tomac got in there every once in a while, but they were A and B last year, and yeah. now they're eighth and ninth. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it would be impossible to say they weren't the best two last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely something going crazy. on for sure. I think Kenny has lost complete confidence in the bike, and then now he's showing he's showing the team how he feels i think there's a little bit of that i think he, i honestly think he's scared um yeah i've i felt I, well i'm he's scared of crashing right like the bike if you don't trust the bike you lose confidence in yourself which leads to fear like lack of confidence is the same thing as fear they're they're the same thing because you you fear what will happen when you hit the whoops at speed you're going to crash so I don't think he's terrified. Like, oh, my God, I can't sleep. I'm so scared. I just think when he enters the whoops, he doesn't trust anything that's going to happen anymore, which inevitably leads to chopping the throttle or going around him. You know, it's the funny thing. People always think it's so weird that riders talk about confidence and comfort so much in this sport. And I'm like, yeah, because unlike other sports, like if you lack confidence, that just means you strike out or you miss more three-point shots. Here, it literally means you end up in the hospital. That is, that is the line between confidence and comfort and not. It's part of the reason this is so mental. There are very few sports that the punishment is actual punishment, not just a worse average uh, stat at the end of the night. Chris Betts would like Definitely to talk. Something Chris to Betts would like to talk to you about that. Um, uh, Dean Wilson uh, has gone 12, 10, 14, 9, 9, 12. Dino's happy spot is nine to twelfth. 
Uh, Unbelievable, Mr. Consistency. Mr. Con- yeah, he he really yeah. is. Uh, so we can work with consistency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Max Anstey, thirteenth. Good job for Max. I think that's one of his best rides of the year. Um, yep. So I spoke I spoke with Max on Sunday at the airport for a while, and uh, he's been dealing with shoulder injury, so he has not yeah. been practicing at all. Right. Um, but I think he's he's, I think he's got a rotator. Like, I think his rotator cuff is torn. He, he did tear his rotator cuff. Yes, yeah. uh, which he's he's thinking it's going to get better and better, and he will be begin practicing not this week, but probably next week. Well, tell uh, tell him to not enter any fast pitch competitions, JT. <laughs> <laughs> tell him, please. You are yeah. Exhibit A. Yes. Uh, but he he was pretty happy with his riding uh, from A three. I you know I don't think the result was like jumped off the page, but um, I think he he felt like it was coming around. It was getting better and better. And uh, I I just always like to gauge these guys just off their mood. And yeah, it seemed all right. Like he I, I think he felt like there were brighter days ahead. His, his shoulder allowed him to to ride hard in some nasty whoops, which he blitzed kind of the whole time. Um, so I think he's he's kind of looking forward to what's what's next. Uh, yep. Uh, third fourteenth for him. A heart raft fifteenth. Uh, Chiz, dude. Chiz, 16th. He was so far back in the main event. Like, he just... This is we, so... We didn't talk about McElrath. We oh, we didn't. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. 14. Uh, 14th for McElrath. This that is was not, not good. A good. That was it, not a good ride. He didn't look good in the whoops at all. He looked no. very, very tentative in the whoops. Um, you know, early on, the, when you talk to people around the team, they're like, yeah, he hasn't had much offseason, and, you know, he'll get better and everything else, and... and it's not really working, and we're six weeks in. He was so. good at the beginning, too. That's the problem. Like, heat race, beginning of the main event, like, racy. Like, wants to be around the top five, six, seven, eight guys. And then the whoops just completely mm. came unraveled for him. Yeah. Uh, Chiz just, yep, absolutely. Just Bogle, Starling, Oldenburg, they all just got Chiz because he was – 15 seconds back when he got up early in the main event of the last place guy and just kept going. He just does 20 minutes. I'll see you at the end. Like guys go by him guys, you know, whatever. I'll just see at the end. I'll do 20. He's like JT. I'll just, I'll do these 20 minutes at a certain pace and I'll see you. I'll see you at the end. You know, so. if you're Bogle, you just have to be punching the oh, air. Right? 100%. Right? You're just so pissed. You're, you're, you got more talent than Chiz. You know, you're flashy. You're, and here comes the 11. That, God awful helmet and everything, just right on by you. Um, you know, uh, yep. you had this plan at one point where the privateer money could just be like a can you beat Chiz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Uh, I know there are maybe other plans, but uh, it would be fun to look back now and see how this actually would have worked. None of these Anaheim idiots. One was bad. None of these idiots would have gotten any money because Chiz has to be in the main for the money to count. Was the rule? Okay. So he didn't make a one. And then I don't know of any pri- like I don't consider Hartraft and McElrath and Anstey privateers, right? So, right. No one. I don't. I th- and I was going to roll the money over. You know? So we'd be rolling five straight weeks now. I think we'd be rolling five straight weeks. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe. Uh, I'm going to look here briefly, but uh, like true privateers. Let me see. He's gotten them every time. It's amazing. Just quickly looking, you guys can talk about the all time. Uh, uh, the fact that he started behind them here, just ramming the point home. Uh, but he was last. Even I mean, he was yeah. he was even behind Roxon. He crashed on the first lap, and mm-hmm. I watched him pretty closely just to see because I had Bogle on my Pulpamex fantasy team, and he just never stopped coming. He just, just yeah keeps uh, on coming. Do you consider Troll a privateer? Yes. 
Troll beat him by one spot in Oakland, and other than that, Chiz has gotten all these guys. Yeah, that's borderline. That's tough to, yeah. to say. Yeah, I don't know what category Troll's in. I still want to pretty much call this undefeated for Chiz. Uh, poor Troll, by the way. Uh, Dylan's flipping rear tire, hit his finger, split open his finger, had to take a nail bed off and put stitches in his finger. He says he was going to race Minneapolis, but I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, he's got to. District 23. Got to yeah. bring it. Yeah. And his bro's going to be there. This is a big night for the Martins. Uh, Bogle 17th. Starling back in the main event. Thank you, Pulp Mex Fantasy. Uh, people for picking Starling. He looked good. This was a good track for him. He got an 18th. Oldenburg is a, is a deep sleeper for 250 East. Do you guys agree? He's definitely yeah, got a lot deep. of laps under his belt. Yeah, the field is really deep, like, though. So. I mean, top five sleeper. I guess I should quote. quote, quote. I'm not saying he's going to win. Get, I think you could get a fifth. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't. I don't know about top three. Uh, it's going to be pretty right. nasty. Right. The top, the very top. But um, oh. he could. I, I agree with your premise that he's sneaky. Nobody's really talking about him. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you if you just looked up Saturday night, and he was in fifth. I wouldn't be shocked. He told me he said, "Dude, your fantasy game and your your players." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> he goes, "But I." <laughs> he goes, "But I get it. I love football, fantasy football, and I hate some of these players sometimes." And I'm like, "There you go. See." <laughs> Paul and Dan's game. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, so I'm like, there you go. See, Freckle? He's like, I know. I know how it goes. I've been there. But he goes, you know, and I'm like, ah, eh, sorry, bud. So, uh, dude, the 450 LCQ. I mean, come on, man. It's just amazing. It's just, it never <laughs> fails to deliver. No. Like, what if, fell to put these things in front of the triple crowds? Just, <laughs> you know, Brees and. Oh, Freddie! Fro Freddie doesn't get in, and Brees hits him, and Moran's rides around him. Moran's on and, the last lap, like two oh, turns to go, and then Cross yeah. crashes twice. Oh, we'll, we'll get to Harry. Yeah, Harriman, well, two fifties. That was even better. I had a theory here. This, these LCQs were so good. Could we have a format for one night only, where we just start out with forty riders, and we just have a series of races where we eliminate a few guys from each one. Like, we just keep taking top 16 or something like well, that. Well, they do that in... And it just keeps going all night long. <laughs> they do that in uh, in Bercy, right? They have these races in Bercy where they start off with a full gate and the last three go. Oh. And, then, and then the next race, on the line, the, the last three go again. No, I, I mean, the, the last three... You've seen this I've seen it. The last three get eliminated, then the next three get eliminated, then it's like, yeah, I've seen it. They do it. Uh, oh, that's how... Uh, so, off different topic, but... Uh, Valentino Rossi at his ranch has flat track races mm -hmm. and they do this same thing where the guy that gets last is eliminated and they go all the way through the field and it's a one lap race, right? So oh. whoever gets last in this one last one lap race is out and they go yeah. all the way down to the top yeah. two. And Brees oh. and Brees is look like, looks good. Like he's going to get it. Freddie goes down, takes Brees down cartwheels into the berm. Uh, Moran's gets crossed on the last lap somewhere. The last two turns. To oh, he punted him. I mean, absolutely punted him off the track, right off the track. <laughs> Same corner that yeah, Shimoda crashed in. Yeah, Same yeah, that Shimoda left, right, right. So, yeah. bottle these things up, man. <laughs> they just they don't stop delivering. Um, That's what I'm saying. A night of a night of LCQs. We'll yep. have three straight hours of riders in the bubble and doing whatever it takes. To, to avoid elimination. Yep, yep. Uh, this I'm, is like a, that's like Running Man. Yeah. That's that's basically the premise of Running Man. Yeah. Take take my money. I'm in. I, I, I'm watching this. I'm coming out as Buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's going to be just amazing. Uh, so Moran's makes it. Uh, that's his first one of the year. Uh, Cade makes it again. Cade had, Cade had a shit show of a day through a chain. That's why I didn't pick him. 
That's yeah, through a chain, blew a shock in the main, uh, bike shut off at another point in the practice. Like, Cade probably got four laps in all day and uh, pulled through it when it counted, though. Good job, Cade Clayson. And the seven-deuce-deuce deuce was greatly helped by the whoops. He, uh, when, you look at the unseated, when you look at the unseated dudes, the beast that is Adam Ettingknapp just crushing the whoops. Uh, so... <laughs> All right. It did help. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's 450 class. Uh, any, any, anything else on 450s? Roxon? I'm, yeah. I'm very close to changing my title pick. I can tell you that. Yep. Wait, well. it's still Webb? You're sticking with it? Well, I, I've, been, I've been saying for a couple of weeks that Minneapolis is the turning point. If I don't see market improvement at Minneapolis because of the dirt change, climate change, all those things, then I'm out. So I'm sticking to it for now. I admire... I admire your stubborn. I mean, this isn't this speak. isn't 2019 mm-hmm. Jason Anderson dedication like you had, but yeah, <laughs> I'm staying the course for now. I mean, you're not wrong. Tracks do change, uh, and conditions do change, but we just have never seen a dude be 40 seconds off and then make that up this late in the year. Rounds one and two, crazy stuff happens. We see it every year, including this year. But I get the difference between Anaheim dirt and Minneapolis dirt being 40 seconds. Wow. I guess we'll I'm just yep. I, I'm I'm giving it what I said. I said yes. I would hold out to Minneapolis, so I'm going to stick to it. Yep. I want you guys to go into your local dealer, and I want you to pound on the counter repeatedly until they show you the new Fly Racing catalog. Fly Racing's 2022 stuff will blow your mind. The Formula helmet, they have a new Formula CP helmet with a different shell, but same great safety features, and it's quiet and it fits amazing. So FlyRacing.com. You know who is Fly Racing, uh, Weege? The top 10 were back on autopilot leading heat races, Justin Brayton. Yep, that's it, Justin okay. Brayton. Uh, Fly Racing Zone, Justin Brayton. So thank you to those guys. Renthal on board as well, Maxis Tires, uh, and also, of course, uh, the folks at motorsport.com. Whether it's OEM or aftermarket parts, they will uh, help you out. Great prices. The dedicated team of gearheads over there. They got free shipping weege on anything over 79 bucks. So I know you got a new blue crew. Call Motorsport. Go online. Oh, don't, don't and I even them. went to the Verb Shred Tour ride day over the weekend, and I got a couple of discount cards, like $10 off. So if I can get, you know, purchase the right amount, use the discount card, and get the free shipping. This isn't this isn't Wendy's, bro. They're not. You're not going to get a zero 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 balance here. you got to buy something. No, it's true. I mean, I don't expect it all to be free, but there's a if you stack up enough, stacking is what we call it in the biz. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the coupon I'm biz. Yeah. <laughs> Might be able to get some solid discounts. So, yeah, Motorsport, hook it up. Uh, and, of course, uh, Ryan Villopoto, um, Motorsport con- motorsport athlete, uh, Phil Nicoletti as well. So, thank you to Motorsport. And Cobo Links, man, they make lowering suspension links from anything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Pulpamex is the code to save. Free shipping uh, in the USA with those built and uh, uh, developed up there in Idaho, uh, whether it's uh, Aprilia or Yamaha. They got you covered. Get, get some confidence. Uh, learn how to uh, work a bike a little bit better. Um, feel better with your suspension by just being able to uh, touch the ground on a bike. And these are lowering suspension links. So shorter stature person, uh, a girlfriend, wife, uh, you want to make her feel better? Cobalinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. They will have a link for your motorcycle. Almost guaranteed. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. And, of course, Onyx Maps, Weege. Yep. 550,000 miles of trails mapped out for your dirt bike or hiking or mountain biking, whatever it might be. This is the Onyx Off-Road we're talking about, but they do have the Onyx Hunt and the Onyx Backcountry app. So a lot of the same technology goes into each of them. If you go to the onyxmaps.com site, you'll even see what your cell phone shows you with, say, Google Maps, like a regular satellite image, and then what it looks like on Onyx Maps 
com to put trails in there and it even does tell you like ownership boundaries of private land so you can figure out where to ride so go to onxmaps.com or onx off-road in the app store and find a place to ride talk about max's tire as well when you talk to uh, jeremy mcgrath and he goes to show you a mountain bike tire or trail he will whip out onx maps on his phone so incredible amazing the king of yep, endorsed by the king without being endorsed by the king yeah yeah and when the king does it when the king uses it you should use it so <laughs> True, true. Okay, uh, so on a 250 class, uh, I guess uh, notable uh, this class is just, I mean, Joe Schmoda doesn't make the main event. He goes for the uh, pass on uh, Garrett Marchbanks in the heat and absolutely eats crap. I heard he broke his foot. Did you guys hear that? Either one of you guys? No, just medical evaluation Dude. and more updates to come. Oh, my God. Poor, poor Joe. Uh, it has not Dude. been going well. Um, he needs the break. Hunter Lawrence eats crap in the whoops. Nate Thrasher curls down in the whoops. Jalik Swole do we know, goes. Oh, go. Do we know anything about Hunter? Because I, I haven't heard. Any. He's fine. No, I heard he's fine. Yep. He's fine. Okay. Uh, Jerry, go, I mean, factory riders uh, Lawrence Thrasher Swole and Schmoda all out of a class that already was weak. I think eight guys set a career best finish in the this. This was insane. This race and and like we talked about with the whoops, there was like riders meeting by the by the tower. Uh, it was just bikes and bodies, and they're just standing there. Um, what a nutty main event, Weege. Yeah, it really is. And I asked uh, Moseman in the press conference, because you know you're going to get a great answer from him, to just illustrate what was so difficult. And he said that one of the whoops was basically curb-shaped. So no matter what you did at the beginning, you were just going to have to deal with that one. And the guys were trying, as you guys I'm sure saw, everywhere from left to right and everything in between. There was no escaping it. There was no avoiding this one whoop, he said. And uh, a lot of these guys at his level, you know, they want to flex on it. He, he's not going to complain. You know, they all want to believe that the whoops are a strength of theirs. Uh, so he wasn't complaining about it, but it was interesting to hear uh, how he explained it. But, yes, it was unbelievable. And I've been singing the praises of Hunter Lawrence in the whoops. I think that's he's not Craig Speed, but he's been not sketchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been solid, and it even got him. So it was like, there is no mercy shown by these whoops this year. It will get you at some point, unless you're Christian Craig. This this was an amazing race. There was just massive chaos going on anywhere you looked at any time. Um, but Christian Craig, fastest qualifier, led every lap of the heat, uh, led every lap of the main event, JT, and he was unbelievable in the whoops. I think after qualifying, he had the third best time, third best time overall of anybody. Uh, segment time was third best as well for that segment in the whoops and sweet Jesus. I mean, it's, if you, if you close one eye, the 28 kind of looks like a two fifty nine. Here we go again, dude. He's so good in the whoops. He is, uh, he's the best we've seen in a long time on a two fifty in the whoops. There's no question about that. Unbelievable. And, you know, it's really been, so I have a, I have a theory. Or a question, I guess I should pose, and I'll give you my opinion. If we had gone back last year, two years ago, three years ago, pick a year, I'm not 100% sure that Christian Craig would have been leading the points going into last night or Saturday night because his his strength in the whoops has been such a force and such a weapon for him to wield that it's led him to wins. I don't know that, you know, I'm sure he would have won some, don't get me wrong. But the whoops this year have been harder than any year in a long time, a very long time. And he has used that time and time again. That crash in San Diego, 
I don't think he's getting back to third in that situation without those whoops. Like he, he's better th- than most guys. Yes. But he's not, they're not lapping up to, you know, sixth. They're not that much better, but the whoops are such a determining factor. And he is so good at them that, yeah, of course, now he has a 30 point lead, but I'm not sure it wouldn't have been much, much closer of a series going into Saturday night with in a normal year. Just, besides this year. Wow. It's also a weaker coast than last year, right, or years past that we can imagine. Usually the East ends up, you know, at some point getting kind of weak. But Right, but I think yeah. I think Hunter would have been in the mix. Like Hunter's right there, I think, everywhere but the whoops, if not faster. But Christian just has such a big gap in the whoops that he, you know, and this year has really worked to his advantage in that. He's so good, Weege. He looks amazing. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if we're at this point where – and we're wondering how could Roxy be struggling in the same bike from last year and, and Sexton's not comfortable in the whoops, et cetera. The whoops have just become such a non-factor. I mean, how many years do we see Christian Craig in a gnarly set of whoops in practice just look unbelievable? And it just ends up not mattering at all in the night show. The whoops are cut down or they're so difficult you can't blitz like that. Or he ends up crashing because he enters so darn fast. Whatever it is. I almost wonder if, if this is the way it is for, say, five seasons, where the whoops just aren't really where the races are won and lost. If people just start going away from it on, on this is what I need to get better at, this is what I need to set up the bike for, and it's just completely fallen in his favor this year that finally, after all these years, his whoops have always been amazing. This season, it has gone right back to the top as, like, the separator. JT, there's probably a time in your career where the whoops were probably the separator, right? Maybe early 2000s? Yeah, like it was. Back. I mean, it, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's the, the toughest whoops we've seen in a long time. And that's the era I would refer to. You go back to those years where, you know, Pastrana and those guys were you just like, oh, my gosh, how are they even blitzing these things? And other guys just couldn't. There were many guys that just couldn't. Uh, we haven't seen this dynamic play out like this, where it's the determining factor of the race for a long time. Yep. Good for, good for Craig. I mean, he's had this whoop speed the whole time. It's just... Now it matters. And you can't even, like, script it, like, with the free stuff last week and the, yeah. apo- the apology tour they went on. That, that was great, by the way. Craig was courageous for going to the outside. That's what he should have had, courageous on the back of his pants. Anyways, uh, you, can't, you can't even script this. Freeze gets second. Uh, second career podium. Moseman goes down. Freeze gets him. Any, either way, Frins would have ended up on the box either way. But yes, they're they're popping bottles next to each other one week after you know what we saw at Glendale. You can't even. I was telling Galdi, you can't even script this stuff. Like you're just like, oh wow, there we go, perfect. So. Yeah, and they were in the press conference together. So then someone did ask, you know, have you guys spoken? And then Moseman, as he's you know the <laughs> press conferences have become Michael Moseman performance art. He's like, I saw you guys shaking hands. I saw a handshake, didn't I? Did I see a handshake? And you could tell Christian didn't really want to go there. He's like, yeah, he sent me a note, and I've got to just move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Send me a note, and I've got to move on. Uh, i got to focus on other things uh, uh, than this. Can we yep. Can we talk about uh, – I don't want to get you in trouble, Weege, but – What? Go ahead. Okay. I don't care. Well, something we agreed on on a group text was, look, and I love Stu, okay? Uh, you, you know, all t- you know, we don't got to talk about my love of Stu. Stu yes. and J-Law – and other guys talking about, you know, this pass and, and how it's just hard racing and that's what happened back in the day. Please put yourself, you X-Riders, in Christian Craig's position. You jump a rhythm that the dude doesn't do. You pass a guy. And then you get blown out in the concrete uh, at maybe 30 miles per hour. 
you're just going to get up and be like, yeah, good job. That's nah, racing. I left the I left the inside open. Give me a break. Give me yeah. a break, you X riders. Please, I was yeah, there. I went in super deep on this topic last week, and I don't want to go too far again. I'm uh, just saying. Yeah, I, I do say this. It is interesting. Several things here. It is interesting that the guys, by the end of the week, somehow it already flipped, right? It went from, like, everyone wanted Freezy to never be allowed. Like, lock the stadium, put a picture up, and do not allow him to ever come to a race again. And then by the end of the week, it almost became like, if you don't have Freezy's back, you're soft. It's it, incredible. It, it was amazing how it turned like that. And uh, I don't. I actually think Freezy, he did an interview with Swap Moto, and I actually think it was good. I have no problems with that. He owned it. He put the majority of it on himself. That's all I could ask for. So I think he did an excellent job. And I think by chance, he just happened to mention something. I don't think this was a strategic move. He said, I am a little surprised at the reaction. The world has gotten so soft these days. And I think that is such an incendiary point on social media. People do not want to be on the I'm soft side of any argument. So I think it led all these dudes to just, we were tough and we're tough and we understand toughness it's... and you soft people don't. The only guys that are sticking up for him, by the way, might I add, are dudes that did not race him. I do not hear anyone that has raised him defending him. Maybe we'll... You notice that? Yeah. Well, maybe call up yeah. PJ Larson, who was kicking him, as JT said, <laughs> or whatever. Yes, many, uh... many, many stories of people who have raised him and then many people who never did. Saying, ah, it's just, it's you, just racing, and you guys are you, soft. You, we have no problems with this. We with with block passes, contact. I'm not saying that I'm soft, and I don't want to see contact in racing. It's amazing. Put themselves in Christian Craig's position, and just be like, oh yeah, man, that's cool. Oh, oh my god! Like I just, it, it's unbelievable. All uh, yeah. all Vince needed to do was saying, you know what? I'm American and I'm not soft, and that would have been the, the trifecta of you know everyone get rallying together. That just would have been it. That that's perfect right yeah. there because you're absolutely yep. right. Like that's the world we live in now, and Vince was playing it to a tune and, and, and to a T, I should say. And just give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, I, I guess he was, or I don't know. Maybe he just said it, and that was enough. Yeah. I, I don't know if he thought like if I say this, this will happen. But I, I don't know. I do yeah, whatever. Like the tide. I'm, I cannot believe how much a tide turned. And then I also knew like. All year we knew he was capable of podiuming races. This reminds me of you and the Marty Davila situation, Steve. People sometimes would miss what you were criticizing Marty for. Like when Marty would be fast and he'd be like, ah, Matthews, you think he sucks? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were like, no, 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 I never said he was slow. I just said he'll blow it when it matters. So Freeza getting on the podium is not like we learned our lesson. We thought he should have been on the podium last week. Him yeah, getting podiums yeah, yeah. No, should it's, happen. It's... I have no doubts of his riding abilities. So we didn't learn anything or we weren't shown anything here. This should have just been Glendale and Anaheim three, really. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Vince, good job to Vince for getting second and good job to the team and all that. That's cool. Uh, Moe's been third. Again, goes down. Uh, he's riding with a broken hand, I guess. That's what I hear. So Moseman's got a broken yeah, he, hand. He, yeah, he uh, admitted that. Oh, he the, did? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, bumped and bruised, bruised, but man, Moseman's hit the ground again a yeah, lot. So yeah. no surprise that he's been banged up. Marsh Banks uh, didn't make the main uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in a shockingly uh, in a shocking performance. Uh, this week he comes from dead last. He hits a rock in the uh, first turn that was painted white with the chalk. You know, he didn't even see it. Oh jeez, and goes down. And it was dead last. Dead last to fourth again. 
Field's not deep. Factory dude's crashing out. But, JT, last to fourth is a good job for March Banks. That's a good ride. And, and to win the heat. Yeah, he was good. Um, I think, you know, his, his season has been anything but what he expected because the riding has been really good. It's just, it's just not showing up on the results page. But, uh, I mean, a fourth has to feel like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and he can go into this break on a good note and continue to work towards the outdoors and work towards these final few supercrosses that they have, knowing that he's on the right track. So uh, I don't think they should be excited about anything. It has not been a good California swing, but he's riding well. And that, you know, you got to look for something to weave on an upbeat note on. I think he, I kind of said that to him after the race, I interviewed him and I said something like, you know, like, uh, you know, hasn't been the season you wanted or whatever. And he was like, well, we got some fourths. Like he, I don't know, he was kind of couching that that comment a little bit, and I'm like, I think you guys were going for more than that, but uh, hey, I mean, fourth is good. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. fourth no, is good. I agree, but uh, I I think overall, you know, he's an eighth in points with with three fourths, you know. So I don't know if that's what the team wanted. That's all. Well, he almost made the podium in Anaheim yeah. one, right? And yeah. then with the amount of injuries there's been both leading up to that, and then since you got to think like, okay, if we're one lap away from the podium in Anaheim one. By yeah. round six, we'll definitely have one. Definitely would think so. But, hey, he yeah. still rode really well and uh, and all that. Yep. So, last to fourth. Carson Brown, fifth place. Keeps it going. Ninth overall in the yeah. points. Career best for, for Carson, for sure. Um, Zombie went down. Zombie was third for a bit there. Uh, Zombie went down in the whoops. He's, he's you know, just riding, riding banged up a little bit. Wageman, seventh. That's awesome. Derek Kelly, eighth. Derek Kelly went down twice, I think, and got eighth. I think he crashed twice. So uh, good job for Derek Kelly. Uh, Logan Carnell, another career best, ninth place. Ryan Surratt goes from not making the last two main events to tenth in the main this time. So 250 West, everybody. <laughs> uh, I don't want to – I mean, stop me if you guys want to talk about any of these guys or something caught your eye, but Devin Harriman. Has two yes. massive crashes in the 250 LCQ and still qualifies. Unbelievable. He's, he's earned a privateer podcast this week. I'm going to call Devin up because, I mean, look, he's always been fast. He, he He's a hard charger. He comes from arena cross background, you can tell, because he's he's aggressive out there. Good job for Devin Harry. <laughs> Just, again, cartwheels in the whoops. So, yeah. He cartwheeled in the whoops while leading the LCQ, and then he crashed again later. And then the most amazing part, you see this. While airborne, still trying to hold on to the right grip. He's trying to hold on to the grip. I think he, it was like a, a scene out of like a, some action movie in the 80s where you're like falling out of the plane, but still holding on to the gun and shooting back up at the guys that threw you yeah. out of the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he was holding on to the right grip and he's gone from the motorcycle. Yeah. Just, I'm not going to let this stall. And yeah. he's rewarded by getting in. It was it, awesome. It's great. It's great. And Thurry was uh, fifth or sixth for a while and then sent it over the berm. Uh, and then, well, so, so okay. it was funny, like the, you know, Hunter Lawrence goes down, right. And everybody's attending to Hunter, all the medics as they should, like, he looked like he was seriously hurt. And then out of nowhere, Thurry's bike just comes flying <laughs> over the berm and you're like, Oh my God, it's pandemonium. Like it's Armageddon out here. Yeah. Yeah. There are and, bikes and, flying in every direction. Swole is still standing there and wondering where he is. Um, and Jerry's wandering around like a like a zombie in, in the interior and and then <laughs> Thur- like a Los Angeles Laker wandering around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh Thurry, so he tries to triple out, he clipped it and kept going, and that's why his bike sent it. And then he said he couldn't feel his legs 
or he didn't have oh, much geez. feeling in his legs for a while. Then he gets up, and I have him. Uh, I know Galdi had him in fantasy, so he's looking at him. Thurry's riding beside the whoops and around the infield, and he looks like he's packing it in. I mean, he's looking for a way to get out of the middle of the track, and you know, he's just kind of putting around. And then, literally, like it's a little bit like zombie at, at Colorado that time. And then next thing you know, you look up and he's just riding normally. And he said the feeling came back in his legs, and he kept riding, and he got fifteenth. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> just, dude, yeah, it was just amazing. So, hey, you bash on these fantasy guys all the time. There better be some serious props mentioned on your fantasy show on Thursday or whenever you record that. Getting back out there to score some fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, Dominique Curry. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Or Devin Harriman. If you had Devin Harriman in Fault Mix Fantasy, you were just on the roller coaster, strapped in. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, 28 points now for Christian Craig with, uh, I think, three rounds to go, four rounds maybe. Um I like it. I like his odds to to take this thing home. So I liked it before, but I definitely like it now. And and yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, good job yeah. for Christian Craig. The odds are pretty good. Yep, yep. Um, yep. And these guys are getting a break now, and I think they need it. Everyone on the West needs this break for just recoup oh and gosh. relax I, a little bit. I can't believe like Shimoda is like okay, he's finally getting it, you know, back on track, and then this happens. Like it just never ends for no. these guys. Oh, uh, uh, Moseman's figured, you know, he's moved on from the crashing. Ah, oh, now he's down first lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yep. for sure. Uh, so the two of the East kicks off. I think we're going to see. Well, Weez, you were just with the Jet. Uh, a big announcement for the Mav TV for the Nationals. You were literally hanging out with the Jet. Hanging out with Jet. Picked him up at the airport. Hanging out with him and his dad. And uh, Sam from our social media team, it was really fun, as you would imagine, hanging out with him for the night. Uh, he did eat a lot of donuts, so I don't know if that's going to affect things, but he did literally eat donuts. I watched it, so keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Does this does this change anything for your prediction for Minneapolis, then? No. I, I, I think the rib injury that kept him at Anaheim 1 is over, and uh, I, I think he's going to be just fine. I like Jet. The only other intel yeah. I have, I hung out with another rider, 250 East. I don't want to mention names. Okay. Uh, but he lives in this general area. Uh huh. And uh, was he a, is he, he a past? Is he a past Canadian Supercross champion? May or may not be. May or may not be. May or may not be from New York originally. Uh huh. Kind of a curmudgeon. Uh, and he was having Mexican food for lunch last week. So I said, if you do not win, this is why. Yep. Yep. What? Did, what? And what did he say? Uh, I don't know. He probably said he's going to suck anyway. And okay. What difference does it make? I, I like Jet. I like Jet to to do well in the East kickoff here. I like J Mart to be a, a factor. Uh, RJ will probably be really fast, but maybe make a mistake. Um, what else did I miss? What else did I miss there? I'm not prepared to do this. I'm not. Oh, okay. I have to run through the whole list. All we're going to do is leave five important guys off. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. and everybody be mad. Okay. Yep. All right. Oh, I'll look for. Yep. Uh, Enzo Lopes to run the Pulpamex sticker on his helmet for the duration of the East Coast Series. Oh. He, is, he is Team Pulpamex. Enzo Lopes, everybody. Nice. Hoping he nice. beats that three-digit teammate of his. So, <laughs> Okay. Keep him out of the two digits. Yep. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah keep him up. So, all right. Uh, and I just mentioned we oh. have a uh, live show. Oh. A couple things. You can watch our live oh, yeah. show from Minneapolis, and you can go to our live show in Arlington. Correct, Steve? Uh, yes. Uh, we have a show coming up at the uh, Look Theater in uh, about 20 minutes from the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas on Friday night. And yeah, you can watch uh, the Minneapolis one. It's completely sold out. Um, it's something. A man is losing a pony, and the fans came out in droves to see this. Um, <laughs> but if you can't get tickets, you can watch it on Spot TV. Yeah, check that out. So it's uh, five bucks, I think, to watch. 
Yeah, we got links to all this, for example, on the uh, Racer X Breaking News to watch the show from Minneapolis or to go to the show in Dallas. I mean, I know you got it on your site, Steve. Yeah, yep. So that'll uh, be fun. Live yep. shows are always a good time. Chris Kiefer will join yep. us this Friday night in Minneapolis. And then in uh, in Dallas, we don't know. We'll have some some guests. We haven't thought that far ahead. We, we never think that far ahead in these things. Seven, seven to nine local time? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right, that's it. That's the wrap. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing and uh, uh, Cobalinks and Motorsport. Reminder uh, for, on for that's Okay, calling. I'll just interrupt you. All right. Sorry, my fault. Okay. Didn't mean to interrupt sponsors. Go ahead. Thank you. No, we're done, I guess. No. Oh, uh, I just want to remind everybody that it is a day race this week. If you're going to the race or Wait. if you're watching on TV. Minneapolis? Yes. Oh. Doors open at, doors open at 8.30 a.m. Wow. I did not know this, and actually, someone sent me an email and said, "Hey, my tickets say it's an uh, 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 it's early or whatever." And I'm like, "No, I don't think so. I need to write, yeah. that, write that guy." Yeah, back. so uh, I think the gate drops at four. I think opening ceremony is three thirty, something like that. Don't quote me. I know I know that stadium doors open at eight thirty in the morning. So well, uh, just reminder. Someone needs to see if they can fly out Saturday night. I already yeah, went for myself. I can't. I cannot. Oh. I need to look into this. I was, <laughs> but I just I could just see a lot of people missing the race on Saturday night. Being like, yeah. well, time to tune in, and it's already done. Oh, wow. Good to know. JT on it. So, What about the – is it going to be cold? Can we confirm that? <laughs> yeah, minus <laughs> minus four, I think. No okay. no fly live show in the pits? No, no, there will not be. There will not be a live show. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, there would be, actually, it would be a dead show because everyone would die. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll be wearing shorts. With a hoodie. Well, I'll, I will be outside about 30 seconds combined throughout the weekend. Right. Of the total time I'll be outside will be 30 seconds. So I can wear shorts as well. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Thanks to our sponsors. Thank you, people, for listening. Weege, JT. Thanks, boys. See you. See ya. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.